Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. This morning our speaker is named David Pratt. He uh, was supposed to be here personally, but some prior engagement happened and he couldn't. Well, hopefully we'll have him here in September. He has been here. We've been knowing him for over 20 years. He's part of Grace Church. He's a good minister. And I'm telling you now, what he's going to say today is going to touch something in your life. And when I get back up at the end, I'm going to question you about it. I'm going to quiz you. No, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> it's a good message. The form that you got, you should have an outline. It's, it's used for a group outline. Take what you learn here and get with somebody and share. And they give you direction and stuff like that. Okay? You ready? All right. <laughs> Here we go. Awesome. This has been the most amazing day. Everybody's been really engaging with me uh, saying hello this morning. I appreciate that so much. I'm David Pratt, Care Ministries Pastor, and I want to welcome here at Southern Pines and those that are joining us online and our Seven Lakes campus as well. It's my privilege to be able to share with you today, and I'm going to share something that God's been dealing with me or working in my life from uh, my devotions. This is my little journal that uh, God actually this morning steered my heart a little bit different way in, in doing the introduction of this. Um, I think because he wants me to convey to you how he leads us and how he guides us when we want to make changes in our life. And we want to make changes in our life. So we're going to be looking at one of my favorite passages of Scripture, John chapter 15, a uh, parable about abiding in the vine. Uh, and it's an illustration of the relationship that Jesus wants to have with his disciples. Now, in the context of this story, or this parable, um, Jesus was with his disciples as his last, probably his last hours or maybe last day that he has with them. And so he's given them lots of instruction in the Gospel of John anyway, uh, because their job is to carry on his ministry once he gives his life and then he's resurrected and sends back to the Father, seated at the right hand of God, expecting his enemies to be made his footstool. Amen? And so they have to take on his role of ministering in the earth, and he's giving them counsel, advice on what it is he wants for them to do. And so we're going to be talking about bearing fruit. Uh, any gardeners in here, people that like to garden? See one sister back there, she likes to garden. <laughs> hey, don't be coming to our house when y'all need some food. Uh, go to Harris Cedar uh, Food Line. But I was picking some cucumbers uh, the other day and just enjoying them so, so much. And I, I love seeing the fruit come in from my garden uh, when I'm fortunate enough. I'm not a great gardener, but, but so far this year it's turning out pretty well. But you know, God also likes fruit. As a matter of fact, God actually has an expectation that his disciples, his followers, will, will bear fruit in their lives. And this is what this passage of Scripture is about today. How do we bear fruit uh, that glorifies God? Now, if you're like me, sometimes I put way too much pressure on myself uh, 
to, to actually produce fruit. And fruit can come in lots of different things. We'll talk about that in the message today. But what I want you to get from this message is that it's not your job, your responsibility to produce fruit. Your responsibility as a follower of Christ, as a disciple, is to stay connected to Jesus. When we stay connected to Jesus, fruit is going to be a natural byproduct of our life. It's going to be a natural outcome and extension of our life. So let's pray, and then we'll dive in into today's message. Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord, that are with us and over us today. I thank you for each person and each family that's gathered here today. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would open our eyes and open our ears to hear and to receive what you want to say to us today. Lord, all of us are at different places and stages in our walk with you and our relationship with you. And I just believe, Lord, you have exactly what they need no matter where they're at in their relationship with you. So we acknowledge you and we depend upon you to bring forth truth and understanding in your word. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you open your Bibles uh, with us, and we're, it'll be up on the screen as well, we want to look at the text of the Gospel of John, chapter 15, and starting at verse 1. Um, this, this is a rich, rich passage of Scripture, so I'm going to encourage you. Uh, I'm not going to be able to pull and glean every uh, insight out of this chapter, I have some specific things I'm focusing on, but we have a small group guide that we want you to pick up at, when you leave uh, the worship center, and uh, I believe it's going to be online as well, so you can go deeper in your small groups or with your family um, as you study this. So chapter 15, verse 1, I am the true vine, my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Now you are clean, already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered and gathered. Uh, and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Some translations say, so you will prove to be my disciples. And so this is a passage of scripture around April 14th. I was having my devotions and um, going through some things in my own personal life that needed to change and and I needed to uh, grow and develop in. And the Holy Spirit just brought this passage of scripture back to mind to me and reiterated some things I learned years ago that unfortunately I had maybe drifted from for this one area of my life. Now, what I want you to understand is that there may be an area of your personal life that you need to bear more fruit in. Um, If we were to rate 
We're going to go over the fruits of the Spirit in a little bit, how we're doing from a one to a five. Some of us would be very strong in certain areas of fruit bearing. Some of us would be a little bit weak and a little bit shallow. The good news is that we can grow because we're going to accept the reality that it's not our job to produce the fruit. It's our job to stay in relationship with Jesus Christ, and he'll produce the fruit through us. So you see in this text, and I just want to, Open this up to uh, the characters kind of in this parable. Um, The vine in this parable is Jesus. Okay, so Jesus is the vine. And then the gardener or the person that owns the vineyard and he takes care of nurturing and pruning the the trees is God the Father. Um, I need to give credit here. Uh, Garrett Prince is a, a, a person who's passed on now, but he has been like a mentor in my life. His teachings have helped me tremendously. So a lot of uh, what I'm sharing with you, came from, some of it came from Derek Prince. As he taught me, now I'm teaching you. That's the way discipleship works. Amen. <laughs> That's the way it works. And then Dexter Wingfield, who was a guy that actually led me to Christ and mentored me some. And so the branch is the true disciple. The branch is the true disciple, the follower of Christ. And then there's a a role in this that isn't evident. It doesn't show up in the scripture, but that's the sap that's in the tree or the vine. We all know that unless the sap is flowing in whatever tree it is, there's not going to be any fruit produced by it. So there's got to be sap flowing. The sap is the Holy Spirit that comes up from the roots, goes through the vine, into the branches, and produces the fruit that we see hanging on the tree. The sap is the Holy Spirit, and he is so vital and so important. I had a, this brought home to me years ago. We lived in Aberdeen, and we had a beautiful pink dogwood tree, and uh, we had some moving going on, and um, the truck hit the tree in our yard and broke the limb off, and nothing happened immediately, but the next day I went out in the yard, and that tree was running sap like a faucet. I mean, it was literally just pouring out of the tree. Um, it was in the springtime, and that sap was coming up, and it was literally running like a faucet. So I had to patch the tree. And I used that illustration to show because we don't see the Holy Spirit. He's not necessarily evident visibly like Jesus or the Father in, in this illustration, but he's the life that flows through the vine into the branches and that produces the fruit. So his role is very, very important to us. And now a definition of the word abide is, in the Greek it's the word meno, and it means to stay or to abide or to remain. And so I'll use several different translations of Scripture that are beneficial and helpful to actually help you see the definition of a word as as I'm covering it. For instance, the New King James Version for abide says, abide in me. And then the uh, CEV Version says, stay joined to me. And the New American Standard Translation says, remain in me. Okay, so all of those different translations are saying the same thing, but sometimes it gives you a little bit greater clarity to hear it in a little different way there. So it's not about striving. It's not about putting more effort into uh, bearing fruit. Like maybe you want to be a better parent, a better husband or father or mother or a better worker 
or whatever it might be in, in your life that God is going to put his hands on today, you just realize that it's the Holy Spirit that's going to actually produce that fruit in your life. You just need to stay connected to Jesus. The Christian Standard Bible, John fifteen four says it like this. Remain in me and I in you just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine. Neither can you unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. And the one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit. So that's the goal is to produce much fruit. God is expecting fruit to come from our lives. Without him, we can do nothing. So there's three things I want you to take home from this message today. And the first one is, uh, since this parable is about producing fruit, what is some of the fruit that we actually need to be producing? What is some of the fruit we actually need to produce? Secondly, to produce fruit, you need to stay connected to Jesus and stay abiding in him. So how do I abide in Christ? How do I actually abide and remain connected in relationship with him? Because the only way the sap can flow is through the vine to get to, the, to us, the branches. And then thirdly, since the sap represents the Holy Spirit, how do I yield myself to the Holy Spirit? Or how do I rely on the Holy Spirit to aid me? Now, any of you guys like driving around Moore County? I, I, my wife, I don't know if she's here. I didn't see her in her same spot. But, okay, there she is over there. <laughs> I just relaxed like 100% there. Uh, she gets on me about driving because I'm pretty impatient in traffic. And people here in Moore County don't know what the word yield means. They somehow translate it to be merge. And so when, they, when you're in a merge lane, they come off the ramp and they're going as fast as you are or faster and so if somebody's beside you in the other lane, you can't move over. And so you either have to slow down for them and let them in or, or get run over. But when you merge, you, you, you go ahead. But when you yield, you slow down and you might even have to stop, come to a standstill. And that's the key to relying on the Holy Spirit and drawing strength from the Holy Spirit aid from the Holy Spirit in bearing fruit is you've got to slow down, yield. You might even have to stop. Okay? And so there's all different kinds of fruit that you can bear. I'm just going to focus on three. And the first fruit is uh, character. There's the character, fruit of character that we're going to look at. And then we're going to look at the fruit of producing other believers and then we're going to look at the fruit of ministry, the good works that God has called us to do. We can bear fruit in those regards as well. So let's first of all look at the fruit of character. Now, I love to say that um, the fruit of character is probably one of the most important attributes about us as followers of Christ. Because God's intention for everyone that comes to him is that they are conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That they look like Jesus Christ looks character-wise, not his physical attributes, but by, by his character. 
And so Galatians 5, 22 through 23 says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. And so these are the first type of fruit that I want to, to, to talk to you about is the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our life. As that sap is flowing through our lives, these are the traits that the, the Holy Spirit begins to produce in us. And again, some of these are stronger in us than, than others. I would say probably if I would say my strongest fruit is probably faithfulness. Um, and I can't take credit from that. Uh, my daddy had a skillful way of instilling that in me. Do I need to explain that? (laughs) He had a good way of instilling that in me. Faithfulness, uh, joy and peace, kindness and goodness. All these are characteristics of things that make relationships work. And I do a lot of counseling here at church and with couples and their interactions and their relationships. And usually every deficit, everything that's lacking in relationships can be attributed to a lack of the fruit of the Spirit in some area of their relationship or of their life. You can trace it back to, to, to a lack of the fruit of the Spirit, like self-control um, or long-suffering and patience. Uh, I have great admiration for our child care workers. Last Monday, we had a meeting here at church, and uh, they had staff helping out. We had a lot of kids, and so they put me in the walker room. Um, and we only had three, but boy, did they have a lot of energy. And and so I, I have really good peripheral vision. And I was talking at the door with somebody, and I saw it in my peripheral vision, this little body come by me. <laughs> and so I turned around real quickly and grabbed him and pulled him back into the uh, uh, room there. And uh, then he got upset and was crying, and then that made me feel bad and stuff. And at that moment, God just said, wow, boy, you just got to have admire these child care workers or parents that have hours of that to endure, maybe. Amen. Give them a hand. <laughs> and in just like two minutes, it was like, okay, maybe I need to go do something, something else. <laughs> I didn't have a solution to that problem. So the fruit of gentleness and patience and self-control, these are things that make relationships work. And then there's the fruit of producing new believers. When God created um, life and the plants and all the animals and stuff, he said every tree is going to produce after its kind. And so the seed of a tree is in the fruit. And so the seed of uh, a new believer is, is in us. When we become Christians, we get born again and filled with God's spirit. The seed of new life in Christ is in us, and we're supposed to be sharing that seed with other people so that they become a new person in Christ Jesus. When I got saved, I always liked this because, you know, usually people come to Christ in a setting like this in church. Um, And I was raised in church, but I didn't come to Christ in church. I actually gave my life to Christ in my dormitory, in my dormitory when I was in college. And and I love that because the guy that was witnessing to me, Dexter, at the time he wasn't a minister. He is a minister now. But at the time, he was just a disciple. He was sharing the gospel with me. 
Holy Spirit brought me under conviction, and I gave my life to Christ. And, and now, I mean, I was, as we used to say, we were, I was a wretch back then, but now I'm standing in the pulpit preaching because of that seed of the gospel that he transferred to me, and I gave my life to Christ. And each one of us can do that same thing. We're carriers of that seed, so we need to learn to share our story, share our testimony, how to package the gospel in a simple way that people can understand it that may never come to church. And you want to be able to share that message with them out there where we're filling the city with Jesus so people can come to Christ. We're supposed to produce new believers. Can somebody say amen? We're supposed to produce new believers. And the third area is the fruit of good works or ministry. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 10, excuse me, says this says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Being fruitful in every good work. And there's tons of good works. If I could stand up here and begin to list them. Uh, just a few is we have a ministry. Gary Crutchfield is one of our uh, ushers here. He has a, a, does a ministry up in Robbins, northern Moore County, um, in the Hispanic community up there. And twice a month, I think, they go up, prepare meals, prepare Bible stories, um, games, and they interact with these kids, and they've led many of them to Christ. They share the gospel with them. He's probably got 30 to 50 people that go up there with him to do that each week. Um, Saturday, usually I do my little run do my little errands on Saturday, and I came by church, and I was like, what are all those cars at church? And I forgot they were here building beds for children that don't have beds to sleep on. And I don't know how many people they had out here, but there were volunteers that came in and helped them put those beds together. They were doing ministry, putting together beds so children will have a, a, a bed to sleep on. So there's all kinds of ministry that God has an expectation that we be involved in doing. And what we do at Grace is we try to help you discover what you're gifted at and where your passions are. And we help steer you, hopefully, in the direction of using those gifts in ministry so you're bearing fruit for God's glory through the ministry that God's given you. And he's placed a gift of ministry in every single one of us. Every single one of us have a gift of ministry. And I love that verse that says that this is actually a prayer that you walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work that he's called you to do. So since uh, bearing fruit depends on us abiding in Jesus, how do we actually abide in Jesus? How do we stay connected to him? Well, I like looking at the text of Scripture to give me some of the answers. And so this passage of text says that, we are to remain in a relationship with Christ, and we're to let his word abide in us, or his word live in us, and then we're to obey his commandments. We're to actually do what he commands us, us to do. And again, I want to make it personal, not just the things that we see in Scripture that the, the word tells us that's important, but then there's personal things that the Lord tells us that we need to abide in, that we need to be consistent in doing. I thought, and I have to be careful because I'll start thinking of so many passages of Scripture. How many of y'all know who Samson was? All right, so we're going to have to have 
Bible, uh, whatever you call it, Sunday school. And to go back into Sunday school, but Samson was a character in the Bible, and God's word to him was, don't cut your hair. Don't cut your hair. As long as Samson did that, he remained strong, and he had supernatural strength. And why did he have supernatural strength? Because he had long hair? Not really, because he kept obeying what God told him to do, not cut his hair. See, can you see the distinction in that? He stayed consistent in obeying what God told him to do. It was a personal word for him not to cut his hair. So that's what God is doing. That's what I want you to, to see out of this. So the scripture says in uh, verse 5 in John chapter 15, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. You're going to bear much fruit if you abide in Christ. Um, and, and if you keep his commandments. Um, here's a truth that I learned years ago um, from Dexter, uh, John 8, 31, which basically says the same thing that the Matthew, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, John 15 says. Let me read this to you. Uh, John 8, 31 and 32 says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, If you abide in my word, stay in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, that's a great promise. How many of you have heard that before? Truth will set you free. You hear that little slogan almost? Truth will set you free. And so... Jesus is saying that, and I want to read it in a little bit of a different translation for you, the CSB. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So the things that Jesus taught, and that's a lot of those things, which I say you go deeper into that into your small groups. Um, but John eight thirty one, Dexter took that passage of scripture and, and somehow this is what he came up with. And it's been a blessing in my life and God used it to steer me back on a path that I needed to to make some changes in my life in some areas of my life. John eight thirty one thirty two 32 says, the truth that you continue in become consistent in doing, thereby becoming intimate and familiar with it until you are disciplined it or that truth will bring freedom and power to obey God and to do the will of God. And that's what we want. We want to be able to obey God and to do the will of God. And he says that it's by taking the truth, becoming consistent in doing it, become intimate and familiar with it until we're disciplined in it. And discipline just means you consistently do it. It brings freedom and power to obey God and to do his will. So the word of God comes to us several ways. It comes uh, written, like the written scripture that we're reading. It comes through uh, what we call the rhema or the spoken word of God, like I'm preaching and teaching to you right now or in a small group that you're interacting with. And it comes through personal revelation that the Holy Spirit shows you things you know, in your own life. So the key to bearing fruit is holding fast to Jesus' words or his teachings than obeying his commandments. Obeying his commandments. In, I want to say the late, early 90s, I had gotten out of the Air Force, was working little odd jobs, 
I actually had a business for a time, and then I let that go and started working at uh, uh, Belks. I had, I'm sorry, I was working at a factory before I started the business. I got laid off. Then I started the business, and I was working at Belks. Then I got a job as a teacher assistant. During that season, we were struggling in our finances. We were really having a hard time in our finances. And so uh, God showed me this scripture in Haggai chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Let me just read it to you here. Um, he says, you have sown much and you bring in little. You eat, but you have not even, don't have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. And you're, you clothe yourself, but no one is warm. He who earns wages, earns wages to put it into a bag with holes in it. And so he said, you got some bags in your hole, holes in your bag. You got some holes in your bag. I was tithing already, was faithful in my church and giving, but I had some holes in my financial bag that I was um, not so much losing money, but the money that we had wasn't going as far as it could go because I had some habits that God needed to deal with. And so he had me through this scripture and others begin to study on financial management. I took a class, a group here at the church called uh, Crown Financial, and started learning how to manage my finances. Um, so one of the first things they did was you had to do a 30-day tracking everything that you spent. Every pack of chewing gum, whatever it was, soda you bought, you tracked it. And then at the end of the month, you looked at where your money was going, what you were spending your money on. And so what was revealed to me was I had some issues with finances, and one of them was I was an emotional spender. Whenever I would have uh, anxiety or depression or feel down, I would buy myself something. Anybody else in here like that? It, it was the way of getting a pat on the back, attaboy, good job, David. I would buy myself something. And so I had slews of neckties. <laughs> Every time we put a mark down in belts, I'd buy a necktie. Lots of clothes. And so God pointed that out to me, and then he snipped, pruned that area in my life. And so through that class and through the discipline of, of studying that and learning how to budget and turning some of the financial management or taking on over the financial management, I let my wife do most of it. I took that responsibility over. I began to get better and better and better in my finances, in my financial uh, uh, dealings. And so just the way God blessed me, uh, I got a job at Sandhills Community College, which I had wanted for years. And so my income literally doubled when I got that job. Um, and then Pastor Randy and I were praying about it and says, you want to make X amount of dollars. That was actually $30,000. And so they actually gave me a raise. They just said, David, we want to give you a raise. <laughs> Have you ever experienced that on a job? It's like, yeah, you're trying to do your best. And then the boss just comes and says, yeah, we want to give you a raise. I said, praise God, I'll take it. So they gave me a raise. Uh, and I could just tell you other stuff that happened as a result of me operating consistently in the stewardship of my finances. And this is just one area of consistently in the steward of my finances. And God began to bless us. Um, I don't know how long it was after that. We paid off our house, uh, paid it off totally, and then sold it for three or four times what, it, what we paid for it. Uh, God just began to bless us because we were abiding in those truths that I learned about finances. 
So, I had tons of other examples that I have, but since my musician's already up here, (laughs) I'm going to wrap this up. (laughs) All right. So you guys are the last service, so the tendency is to really, like, preach to you. So how do we yield to the Holy Spirit? How do we rely on the Holy Spirit since he's the sap, the life that flows up through the vine into the branches and then produces the fruit? How do we rely on him? Because it's not our job to produce the fruit. It's our job to stay connected to Jesus. Well, the first thing that I I say is you've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The the Spirit of God comes in us uh, when we're born again. But again, going back to my example of yielding, I think being filled with the Holy Spirit is just more of a level of yielding to the Spirit. So he has more control in our life. You know, we, we, we like to drive. And there used to be a little thing in when I was growing up says God is my co-pilot. A guy doesn't want to be a co-pilot. He won't, he wants to actually drive. And so yielding to the Spirit, we're filled with Him till He's overflowing in our life. That's how fruit, whatever fruit we're looking to manifest is being born in our life. And then like yielding, you just have to be still uh, and be quiet. Last week I had an experience of this. Um, I had been waking up really early, like 3 a.m., can't go back to sleep, and then have to go to work. And so that morning, uh, I knew it was going to be a long day, and so I went into the living room, got on the couch, and I just sat on the couch, and I was like, Holy Spirit, help me to pray. I didn't want to pray. I wanted to go back to sleep. I asked the Holy Spirit to help me pray, and literally, I experienced grace rising up in my heart at that moment. I could pray. I could start praying and pray the really nice prayer that wouldn't have had any life in it. But when I asked the Holy Spirit to help me, I experienced the Holy Spirit's aid, Him helping me. And so I relied on Him to pray for me and to pray through me. And so I began to pray and it just began to flow. And it was good because it was life-giving. You know what I mean? It was life-giving. It wasn't just this rote prayer that I'm doing out of obligation. It was coming from my heart. It was flowing out of me from my heart. Slow down. Get still. Listen to the Holy Spirit. And then do whatever it is he tells you to do. That's the way we yield to him. And that's the way we can begin to bear fruit in our lives. Scripture also says that if you love me, keep my commandments. Just one more thing I want to share with you. Uh, John fourteen twenty six says, The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I've said unto you. To underline that word, the Helper. He's the Helper. And Romans eight twenty eight says, The Spirit helps in our weakness. He comes to aid in areas where we're weak and we don't have the patience or the long-suffering or the joy or the peace. The Holy Spirit will come to our aid in that situation, in that weakness, and he'll bear us up. So he's our helper in times of need. Would you bow your heads with me this morning?
Maybe you're here today and the starting point for you is to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. See, I grew up in church and a lot of stuff I knew about Christ, but I wasn't letting him drive. I was still trying to be in charge of my life myself. So there's a real simple prayer that you can pray. Uh, I call it the ABCs of salvation. You've got to admit you have a need. We all need to be forgiven. We need God to help us, to change us. And then we believe that Jesus died for us. That's God's solution. His remedy for our sinfulness is Jesus paid the price for us. And then we have to confess him as our Lord and our Savior. So online and here at Southern Pines, if you want to receive Christ, you can pray with me something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I just admit to you that I need your forgiveness. I've been living my life independently of you, going my own way, doing my own thing. And today I want to yield and I want to surrender my heart to you. I believe that you died for me and that you raised from the dead. And I confess you as my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for hearing me and saving me. In Jesus' name. There was so much in that message that I know God ministered to you somewhere. We do need to learn to abide abide and to stay close to Jesus. He reminded me when he said that uh, it's not our job to produce fruit. That should be a blessing to everybody because we all struggle with that. I remember when I was in the Marine Corps, I used to love to curse. I thought cursing was okay, except when I'm around my mom. She didn't think so. But other than that, I love to curse. I remember once I gave my life to the Lord, the Lord wanted me to stop cursing. I didn't know that. And one day I was sitting in my barracks, just sitting down. And all of a sudden, I know it was the Holy Spirit now, but I didn't know it then. It looked like he came and and took our every curse word out of my body. And that's been over 40 years, and I've never said a curse word since. And I, and I couldn't curse no more. I had to figure out what I was going to say. <laughs> and that's how bad it was. And so that was fruit that the Father wanted me to bear. I didn't have anything to do with it other than be there and relax. And I can tell you, I can tell you, step after step, from the time I got saved, the fruit that the Father wanted me to bear. And he still want me to bear fruit. But he's the one going to do it. Don't struggle. Don't strive. You just, like he said, rest in God. Stay close. Stay with the word. Let the word abide in you. And, and pray. And God will do it. Because God is more interested in producing fruit in you than you are producing the fruit. Matter of fact, a lot of us, we run from the fruit that we need. So I just thank God for it. So some of y'all, I don't know if everybody here is saved or born again, but it starts being saved, getting saved, as David said. Confess your sin, confess your fault, and ask Jesus to come in your life, and he will come in your life. 
That's what I did. And so if you have made that decision and you want to know where you go at from there, you can come see me. I'll be up here. When I had the prayer people come up, the prayer people be up here too. These people pray for you. They're also, while they're praying for you, it's listening for God to say something specific. That as they pray, they pray for you like that because it's the Holy Spirit bring life to what we do. So, so let everybody stand, please, as I get ready to close you, close out. I want to thank God for David Pratt for the for the message, and I pray that whatever you got out of the message, I pray that it become a seed that grow in you. Father, I just thank you for this time. Thank you for everyone here. Father, I pray that you bless your people, Lord. Help us to abide in you where we can then produce the fruit. Father, you love fruit. And I thank you, Father, that you have given us the Holy Spirit who will help us. Now, let me say the blessing of you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Go in peace today. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net. Or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.